Hey, what's up? It's me, David, host of the First Four Years podcast. Carving out your own path as a creative professional or an entrepreneur is not just a simple to follow process. It's an unfolding journey of self-discovery, learning, and development. So think of this podcast as a journal of that process, what it's really like in the early phase of starting out and building your own path as a creative today. And if you're coming with me on that journey, let's take that next step forward. Welcome to the first four years. Hey, so today's episode is a little bit different. I wanted to get into the topic of the future of work because I think we're going through massive shifts in our economy. I think you understand that. And I've been writing more about this on my personal email list, which is called the gold list. You can find at davidjsherry.com. That's where I send out emails with writing sort of similar to this podcast. But the deal is I'm writing about the future of work because I myself am unsure which the best path for finding value in the future is going to be. There's really two questions. One, where does value creation lie in a changing economy as we move forward? And two, what are the trade-offs that I have to understand before making a decision about where I wanna spend time building value in the market Uh, creating value, a business, a project, a profession uh, in the future. So I'm going to be exploring more about the future of work. I think it's something we can work through together. I've been doing a lot of reading and research on this. I'm trying to understand it for myself. So I figured why not share with you all because we're all in the same boat together. The internet is upending uh, everything we know about how the economy works. And I want to be prepared as possible for that change. So if you want to hear more about the future of uh, developing a mindset for the future of work or how to just position yourself well for the coming um, years and decade to create value in the economy, just stay with me on the podcast. I'm sure I'll share more. You can also jump on my personal email list at davidjsherry.com where I share a new post every maybe three days or so about this. Today, I'm going to read you one of those posts and expand a bit about how to make it as an artist today, which has some predictive um, concepts about artists. So without further ado, I'm going to read that post and expand where I see necessary. I'm sure I'll continue to cover this topic, um, but thanks again for being with me. How to make it as an artist today. I wanted to speak some today to creators and artists directly, as I myself am in this category. Lately, I've written about revolutions, with the point being that everything is changing due to the internet's influence on our world, our economy, our government. The question is, how does a creator or artist make money today? How do artists and makers thrive during a revolution instead of get left behind? The truth is, commoditization which is the reduction of costs, the oversupply, is happening across every market from content to software. Because of automation, because of a low barrier for entry, because of an increase in efficiency for discovery, we start seeing winner-take-all markets. What I mean by that is as things continue to get cheaper, as the barriers to entry get lower, we're going to see more competition, but we're also seeing 
markets where there's one clear winner that's taking a majority of the profits. If you look at Spotify, if you look at Uber, if you look at Amazon, we're seeing more and more of these sort of monopolies in the market uh, that make it very hard to compete. But what does that mean for a creator, a freelancer, or an artist today? The first thing that means for creators is that because of all this extra supply of tools and resources and businesses, the startup costs are getting really low. They're, it's very cheap to start a business today. The downside of that is it means there's tons of competition out there. Everybody else has the same tools you do. Some of your work as a creator is being automated, outsourced, uh, done by computers. That means that certain parts of the work you're doing actually has no value left because computers are able to take it over entirely. We leave that work to the machines. Um, and when we look at even building software, a lot of times that can be replicated very cheaply. One example of that is if you look at what Instagram has done to rip off some of Snapchat's features, that value creation that Snapchat created was very, uh, in a very low cost way adapted by Instagram. So even even incredible uh, or genius software production can be brought to a very low cost uh, because of the way that the web is built. Number three, there's more competition, but it's also easier for the competition to get discovered. Because there's Google, because there's discovery engines like Elance and Facebook and Google, we're able to much more quickly find what we're looking for on the internet and so discovery becomes very important. Being on the first page of Google becomes very important. There's more competition, and so those spots for being first um, are more important to getting customers because now anybody who wants to buy your service can look up your industry and find the leader more effectively, find your competition more effectively. So if you're a creator today, these all sound like bad things, right? Well, there is some upside. While products are becoming commoditized because of efficiencies and the removal of middlemen from markets, creators who are creating differentiated content actually can get paid higher wages in some cases because there's no longer a middleman. What I mean is that while photography is becoming commoditized due to the rise in supply because photographers everywhere have iPhones, it's easier to buy a camera to get started, because photographers are individualizing themselves away from middlemen like brands and agencies, they're actually able to capture the full value for their product directly without that middleman. Because photographers, yes, there's more photographers, but because they're able to go directly to their customers now without the agency in the middle, they're actually able to get more value, get paid more, because they're interacting directly with the customer instead of through an agency. The same goes for the music industry. The music business is incredibly competitive. The barrier to entry is free and often the content is free that they're putting out. But for those musicians that do rise to the top, they do so with more leverage than ever because they have a more direct connection to the customer, because of their social media followings, because their customers follow them on SoundCloud or their email list. They're able to be closer to the customer which also allows them to capture more value than ever before. This means that one, as a market, creators are moving closer to our customers. 
Two, as a market competition is increasing. Three, this means that differentiation and discoverability is key. Those who are able to win value with their product creation by being differentiated are gaining more value than ever. Because they are acting solo or without a large infrastructure, this frees up their expenses and allows them to prosper. Freelancers or individuals who are able to break through, able to get discovered, have differentiated content. They, they look different. They have different quality standards. Because of uh, them being able to run their business without a large infrastructure, they actually can capture more value because they have less expenses. This is why, on one hand, it's never been better to be a, an artist, and on the other hand, you have so much competition and you're almost facing an entirely commodity market. Maybe you've felt that way before. There's so much opportunity to be an artist and there's so much competition as an artist that the work becomes low value in certain situations. So if you can differentiate, if you can build a niche for yourself with a direct connection to your customers, you can actually prosper enormously. Of course, this only works when the type of work that you're doing is still able to be differentiated. This is where automation comes in. When it comes to, say, Uber driving, commoditization is going to happen all the way to the point where driving becomes free. That's because when the work is fully automated by computers, there's actually no extra value that any individual can put into the experience. There's no value to capture when the work cannot be differentiated. A driver taking you from point A to point B is no different now than if a computer was taking you to point A and B. So at some point it will, done, it will be done for free. So the question is what can we do about this? The first thing we can do is simply understand what the market looks like so that we can analyze what the risks and rewards are for entering a certain market, maybe starting as a photographer, a videographer, an Uber driver. We need to understand what that market looks like, and that's what these posts are about. It's my personal belief, speaking to other artists, other makers, other creators, that if you can carve out value for yourself within a niche, your upside potential is greater than it was a decade ago. There's more opportunity to break in because of the lower cost and there's less risk, but there's also more overlap between industries um, where the network is connected. And what, I'm, what I mean by that is we can be more fluid as individual creators, say you're a photographer, in blending between multiple industries. So maybe you're a photographer on a shoot one day, the next day you're directing a photo shoot, the next day you're getting paid to create mood boards or styling. It's a bit more fluid what your role is, and I think that's a good thing because with a greater network comes greater value opportunities. This is why I also have friends who are booking photography gigs all over the globe. The discovery for their work has been unleashed by our connection through social networks. There's greater chance to be discovered by more customers in more locations because of the internet. So yes, there's a lot of competition for photography, but your audience is also greater. It could even be global. You could get paid to do a gig for somebody who lives in a different country. So increase in competition, but also an increase in potential buyers. The tools at our disposal for getting noticed are also much greater. This is also good news. Just yesterday, I had lunch with a friend who told me about his targeted Facebook advertising campaigns that drove 
traffic for his wedding photography business across the world. Because of tools like Facebook, his sales process and customer discovery opportunities are much easier and greater than ever before. Because his work is quality, because it's differentiated, he he can speak to a specific group that's eager to hear about him and his work and who pays a premium. He's in the wedding industry. He knows who to target. People pay a premium for his work and it looks different than what else is out there. And so he's able to get discovered and book more gigs. Um, and he's actually, he's, he's pretty young. I think he's like 22 years old. So there is a good opportunity there if you're differentiated, if you can use the tools and if you can stand out um, and sell your work at a premium. So I can't overstate how stark the contrast is in this creation market. If you if you want to see the contrast between artists who are doing well and thriving uh, versus artists who are having a struggle or just really having a hard time to make any money, the simple thing you can do is just hop on YouTube. You've got some creators on YouTube who are making millions per episode, and all they're doing is using a $300 camera and just their creativity. You can surf to another video very quickly, and it's the same creator. Maybe they're using a $5,000 camera, but they're making $0 per video. So just one click away, you've got two people living in the same market, yet one is thriving beyond what would have been believable 10 years ago. One is uh, you know, a millionaire, the other one's making videos for free. So that is the power of where we're at right now. I think that outlines what we're discussing, which is how good the opportunity is, and at the same time, <laughs> how difficult it is. So the question is, how do you make it? How do you break through as an artist today? And you know, I don't have all the answers, but what I do wanna lay out is a framework for how to think about this. And this is in a step-by-step order. My first guess at what the best principle to work off is, is first focus on your work. This is the supply that you're creating. If you're an artist today, my best guess is to start by focusing on the one thing that you can control, which is supply. As a creator, you are directly able to build supply of your work, be it painting, video, music, or writing. You control how much you make, when you make it, how much work you put out, how developed your craft is. And yes, this could take years depending on your skill and your street smarts um, about the market that you're entering or what people want, but it lets you develop your own originality and your own voice. And like I said, it is all about the differentiation of premium content if you're an artist today. So how do you know if the supply you're creating is good? My answer for that is simple, but also difficult. How do you know if your supply is good? You know it when you see it. I truly think that most creators, if they're honest with themselves, know when they see good work that they're producing themselves. They know when it's gonna connect, um, and often that's when it actually does. Number two, focus on aligning with the right outlets. This is discovery. So first, you focus on your supply, which is this thing you can control, which is your work and how good it is. The second is focus on aligning with the right outlets. This is discovery. You know, earlier I mentioned how important discovery was because search through Google and Facebook um, lead our customers to be able to find only the best. Focus on aligning with the right outlets for your discovery. Once your supply is at a level that's bringing in interest and attention, and it's reached a certain level of quality standard, you want to exercise your options for making the right contacts 
and also working the right channels. You know, if you're a video maker, you definitely should be on YouTube instead of trying to post all of your videos on Twitter um, just because it's the best opportunity for being discovered. So work on your SEO, work on optimizing your videos, work on the discovery factor as well as making the right context for distribution. This could be connecting with higher ups at agencies or brands who might hire you for work. It could be aligning with others who are already successful in your field, um, a step above a step or two above you in success, um, but still could align with you. The goal here is really to get in front of the right people and connect with those who will help you with the discovery and distribution. Once your work is good, focus on discovery. This alignment helps the right audience discover your work and begin to share it. This could also be like I mentioned, which is utilizing the tools of the network like Facebook, social, Reddit. It could be um, being active in a forum. It could be finding new distribution channels that are hungry for posting other people's content. Um, you can find those through hashtags. There's a lot of different things you can do there. This helps your work look credible. Step one, focus on what you can control, which is supply and making that supply very quality and differentiated. Step two, focus on aligning with the right outlets, which is discovery and distribution. Step three, focus on creating connection in your work. And this is about the demand piece. Step one was supply. Step two was discovery. Step three is demand. With quality differentiated work in the right context who you can partner with or share audiences, you're ready to keep your stream of production going while you're trying to build up your fans, build up your demand, whether it's um, customers, individuals, businesses who care about your work. This is the time to develop relationships directly with your audience and directly with your fans. So this could be list building, commenting with followers, connecting with people in person, going to events. Realize that this customer attention and trust is your most important asset going forward. It's what you leverage um, into all your value that you can capture down the road is that connection with the fan. And it all stems from that step one, which is your product supply. Your product supply leads the charge. The connection thereafter is the real ticket for leveraging that supply uh, into your future for getting paid. If you do a great job here, you'll have more stability and you'll have an asset that goes out beyond your product. If you have a connection to your fans, if you have an email list, um, if you have people who care about hearing what you say, you can leverage that asset beyond what you even originally sold. Maybe you're a singer and you have a lot of people who are fans of your singing, but then you wanna become a comedian you already have people who care about you and are potentially willing with you to go to the next step. So it's the demand part is ultra important, having fans who trust you. So tastes change, but connections can last. Um, so this is actually my favorite part, this demand piece. Um, how do you build an audience? How do you build a community? If you ever wanna chat about that, that's what I love doing. Uh, send me an email. I've mentioned it a bunch of times in the podcast. Um, but that's the part of developing. Step three, demand. Step four, rinse and repeat. You wanna start back over at supply. Once you've built supply, once you've differentiated your work, once you've gotten discovered, once you've built demand, you sort of have to start over again. You have to go back to the original product that it is that you're producing and potentially reinvent it, potentially take it to the next level. You wanna always make sure that the product is continuing to evolve so that you can then continue on to each piece like discovery and demand. Now that you've got this audience built up and you're growing, return to that bread and butter and ensure that it's still breaking the mold and breaking expectations. 
you can't stay stale with your supply. And as customers' tastes change, which they always do, you want to lead that charge. You want to lead the charge into the future instead of react to it because you stopped caring about the uh, unique quality of your work and where it was going. This is difficult to jump back into because it means you have to break what works and potentially reinvent the wheel. Maybe your band uh, was really taking off with its country album, but all of a sudden it's time to cross over into a new genre, and that's what's going to help elate your fans and find new ones as well. So do this smartly in a way that brings your fans and audience into the future, um, but it also sort of gives them this line to follow so you're not just changing rapidly on them. They want to be able to tag along as you lead them into the future. So is this going to be easy? No. The tools are available to everyone, but if you take action and build a quality differentiated supply, I think that you have a good shot at starting to break through. I'd also like to note that there's many benefits today of being an artist beyond monetary success. By sharing our art, we create connection. And connection satisfying, whether it's connecting with people in real life, on the internet, getting support, um, engaging in a dialogue, helping someone's day, it really leads you to have a more serendipitous and interesting life. So I would uh, encourage anyone to, to jump on this path of creating because there's more benefits than just meets the eye than just the financial piece. We can share our art simply for the joy of doing it. We can connect with others just because it's enjoyable to do so. And we'll definitely see new forks in the road open up, twists and turns that are available to us only because we were able to share our work generously into the world uh, without even asking for anything return up front. I think that makes it worth doing. Okay, hopefully you liked this episode where I was reading a post uh, that I sent out to my email list um, about the future of work. This is another topic that I'm looking to cover here. The first four years is about the early phase of starting out. It's mindset. It's uh, looking at the future of work and how we can capture value. It's talking with people who are in it day to day, making things happen, uh, what it's like in the details of what's actually going on today, not just uh, people who've been successful in the future trying to remember what it was like for them because things have changed. Great. Thanks so much for listening. Send me an email if you'd like. It's david at the first four years.com. That's the number four. Hopefully you like this episode. I'll try to air more like this because I think this is a critical topic. I want to find success in the future as the market changes. I want to help you find success in the future as the market changes. And all I can do is try to do my research and supply what I'm learning. And hopefully that's a help to you. Let me know what you think, review and subscribe, and we'll chat again soon. Later.